Good morning and welcome to the Moving Markets podcast on Wednesday, the 18th of January. My name is John T. Worris. I'm an investment writer at Julius Baer. And coming up on today's show, we'll be taking a closer look at the Bank of Japan's recent policy decisions and their implications for bond markets. But before that, I'll start us off with a brief overview of what's been happening in the markets. Well, the big news this morning is that the Bank of Japan has decided to further maintain ultra-low interest rates. This has sent the yen tumbling as much as 2.6%, its biggest drop in almost three years. Yen traders have been bracing for what was tipped to be the wildest day for the currency since the global financial crisis, as the implied volatility of the US dollar-yen pair yesterday jumped to its highest since 2008. Traders have been betting on a potential swing of 2% or more in favour of either currency, following the last surprise move the bank made in December. And we'll hear more about the impact of the Bank of Japan's actions in just a moment from my colleague Dario Messi. In other news, in a press conference yesterday, German Chancellor Olaf Scholz has said that Germany, Europe's largest economy, will not fall into a recession. This comes in spite of soaring energy and food prices in the wake of Russia's invasion of Ukraine. Scholz also said that he felt optimistic that Berlin could reach an agreement with Washington to avoid a trade war over the new US green subsidies. Taking a look at US market movements yesterday, Stocks have raised their gains in choppy trading, mostly closing lower as investors assess the outlook for corporate earnings and the path forward for central bank tightening. And in fixed income, US treasuries were mixed with some curve steepening, with the 10-year down 2.2 basis points to 347, while the two-year is down by one bit to 416. Over to Asia now, where markets are mixed this Wednesday morning. The Nikkei is up 2.5% and the topic's up 1.7%, while the Hang Seng and Shanghai indices are in largely flat to negative territory. In currencies, the dollar-yen cross is trading at around 131.15 when I last checked, and euro-US dollar is slightly lower at around 1.078. Taking a brief look at the commodities markets, gold ended down 0.6%, while Bitcoin futures are up 9.8%. And WTI crude settled a little higher up for 0.4% in fairly choppy trading for its eighth straight gain in as many days. In terms of what we can expect for the day ahead, later today, the US Federal Reserve will publish its first beige book report of the year ahead of the next FOMC meeting. Other data due out today includes UK inflation and retail price index figures and Italy trade balance data. And sales results throughout today include those from mining group Antofagasta, Just Eat Takeaway, Pearson, Richemont and Vierbach. Looking at the futures board, stocks in Europe and the US are currently set to open in the green today, as investors assess the outlook for global central banks after the Bank of Japan's decision to keep its interest rates ultra low. And that's all from me for today. I'm now pleased to hand over to Dario Messi from Fixed Income Research, who will share with us his views on the Bank of Japan's policy decision and what this means for bond markets. Dario, could you perhaps shed some more light on what exactly happened overnight? Yeah, sure. Good morning. Yeah, I mean, as you mentioned before, John, the main policy tools, they, they are unchanged. So Japan remains basically the last central banks with an easing bias. Um, now, this meeting was not really about the short-term policy rate. Uh, more talks about the so-called yield curve control took place before the meeting. So the yield curve control basically means that the Bank of Japan does not only set the short-term policy rate, like most of the, the other central banks, but the BOJ also sets a target for the 10-year government bond yield and a tolerance band around it. And to achieve this, the central bank has to be pretty active in buying government bonds. 
That's also the reason why the Bank of Japan decided back in December last year that this tolerance band around the target needs to be expanded. So the functioning of the government bond market is at risk if the central bank needs to be so present in the market. But somehow this backfired. So speculation was building up that the central bank might need to ditch yield curve control altogether. And, and this at the end prompted the central bank to even buy more. Uh, however, we saw overnight or in Japan this morning, um, the Bank of Japan was not ready yet to abandon the policy tool. And that's also why you saw some unwinding of the speculative positions. You mentioned it, uh, the Japanese yen, some over 2% lost um, above 130 again versus the US dollar. And also the 10-year yield, which was really sticky at this upper bound 50 basis points, came down again to, to somewhere 0.4%. Okay, so does this mean that a policy shift is off the table for sure then this year? Or is it rather just being postponed? Look, we think there is still a chance that the Bank of Japan decides to abandon yield curve control, but probably from our perspective, only after the bank's chair Kuroda leaves in April. And actually in the second half, we might see first rate hikes even for the policy rates so or the, the short-term rate. Um, which at the moment is still at minus 0.1%, so very loose still. Um, but we think that this pretty much depends on wage dynamics and how they respond to the currently, at least let's say for Japanese standards, higher inflation there. I see. So what does all of this mean for bond markets then, Dario? The global bond market is highly interrelated and Japan is still one of the top creditors. As such, whenever something happens there, it will fail throughout the system. That's what, what we also experienced just uh, already in December last year. We have to admit that with the currency hedging costs or also the general constellation, how we have it now, um, throughout last year, some capital went already back to Japan. So it's not um, so risky anymore from that perspective, but still a higher a shift higher in yields in Japan, which is still on the cards during the year, as we just discussed before, will still pull global yields higher. And typically, even if not to the same extent as maybe a year ago, the European bond market is the one that is most at risk there. And that's also one of the reasons, among others, why we still prefer duration risks in dollar bonds rather than euro. Great. Thanks very much for sharing your thoughts, Dario. And that's all we have time for today. Thank you for tuning in, and please do join us again tomorrow when we'll have an update on the commodities market. Goodbye for now. The information and opinions expressed in this podcast constitute marketing material and are not the result of independent financial or investment research. Please refer to www.juliasbear.com forward slash legal forward slash podcasts for further other important legal information. Beyond Markets is a weekly podcast where Julius Bear experts and external speakers discuss some of the latest market developments. They share their key research and insights on today's ever-changing economic landscape and present practical advice. Search for Beyond Markets on your favorite podcast player.